Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our, our good friend, coach, mentor, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing well. It's always good uh, to spend time with you catching up before we record. Oh, and uh, yeah, so today was no exception. It's good to be with you today. Right I'm excited on. about what we're going to talk through today. I was going to say, in the last podcast, 159, you started sharing some good news, some some things that are going well. I know we, we in, in, our, in our focus, we want to keep people healthy. And so we often talk with the things that make people unhealthy. Um, but man, we, today we're being proactive um, and, and sharing good things that God is doing that we're seeing throughout the country and churches of all different shapes and sizes. Uh, led by men, led by women, different denominations, different demographics, and yet we're seeing some continual trends of good news. And so you shared with us last week. Tell us a little bit about last week. What, what did we talk about? Sure. Just a quick recap. So, yeah, we looked at uh, two of the four promising trends in the local church. Uh, the first one was just the level of giving and generosity yeah. that, is, that we have seen from the onset of the pandemic uh, continued through uh, currently uh, right now. So for the last, what, two and a half years. And and Jim, we talked about some of the reasons why that was, you know, you mentioned online giving. And I think, man, that is such a, a, a huge yeah. contributor to the consistency huge. of giving. Yeah. We talked we talked about uh, people who, uh, who left and never came back. Uh, many of them probably weren't consistent givers and the ones who remained they just there was this sense of generosity that came over yeah. them and they went above and beyond uh in their giving and uh and so we're very excited about that trend you know for all the things that were difficult for pastors uh for the majority of them this wasn't an, an area of difficulty and i'm so glad for them yeah. and happy for them that they didn't have to fight that battle along with everything else that they were dealing with. Um, and the second one that we looked at was this new new growth that's happening. You know, there was a lot of attrition during the pandemic. And um, and the new growth is a very interesting group of people, Jim. Um, it's it's a lot of people who have never been to church before, or yeah. they've been they've been away from church for a long time, but because of the chaotic nature of what's going yeah. on in our world there there is this movement of people new people to church and, yes. and uh our our leaders are finding them incredibly uh easier to pastor than yeah. than the people who left in anger uh or yeah. the consumeristic uh type of believer and so um very encouraged about that right that we're we're seeing that happen and and I and I think that the people who remained and the new people that are coming are are actually easier to lead than yeah. some of the people yeah. who got their nose out of joint uh during the pandemic and left. So that's yeah. what we talked about. And right on. And that's encouraging. It's funny, I, I mean I, I was a part of that conversation, but I smiled all the way through the recap. Because when you're saying those stories, I I'm I'm thinking of the new faces. The the couple that had COVID and she was on a ventilator for 50 some days, just a extraordinary long time in a coma. And we have a ministry school and the regular ministries were canceled. So I just trimmed in the church van, hooked up a lawnmower, 
weed whackers, blowers. We went out and just started mowing people's lawns. Well, that family, we mowed their lawn and now they're faithful. We just baptized them. They both came back to the Lord after like a childhood faith. They had, they had what they called a drug problem. Their mothers drugged them to church when they were little, but that was never their faith. And and now it's their faith. Then their kids are there, and you know, seeds planted over the over the months of COVID have become fruit enjoyed mm-hmm. now. And it, you're right; it's a good day to get saved. It's a good day to join a good church, and we're yeah. seeing it. What, what now that you said, there's four things. Tell us about the other two. Yeah. So here's the third encouraging trend that we're seeing in churches mm-hmm. across the country, uh, and that is simplification. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that sounds a little boring. Yeah. But actually, um, it's exciting. To, it's exciting to me. Um, yeah. If the pandemic did anything, it forced simplification of our playbooks. Of yeah. the no, I, we use the word playbook. You might use the word uh, programming. Uh, post-pandemic, some churches have gone back to pre-pandemic playbooks that are stuffed with way too many plays, and that's and that's disappointing to me. Um, but many churches, I would say more churches than not, have learned from the pandemic and they've not only maintained a simpler playbook, but I see this, Jim, I see this like ongoing focus on fine-tuning their programming. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're more focused. Uh, they're playing to their strengths and they're a lot more picky about adding new stuff. So I wonder what you think about this third trend, Jim. Yeah, well, I mean, we went from almost nothing being done right at the church on a weeknight, Sunday school, worship teams, greeters, security, ushers. There, there's nothing to we're adding back little by little. And because we came back little by little, there wasn't everybody came back. Now you have a full ushers team. Now you have a full security team. Now you have a full youth ministry. It, it added back little by little. And I think we realized as we're adding back, we didn't actually need everything that we were doing. I, programs and ministries begin when somebody is passionate and starts them. But that started 30 years ago. They've been gone for a long time. But we yeah. saw this expectation of this children's ministry on midweek or this Sunday school class or this. And those are all wonderful things. As long as they're led by people that have a vision for it, there's fruit involved in it. It's not a traditional expectation of our church. So we just mm-hmm. find somebody. We often find people that don't have the gift for what we're asking them to do. Their gift is to be a servant. And when they hear the desperation of the need, they step forward and keep something running without vision. And then you get a church that's managed. Usually management leads to, to attrition, you know, eventually. So I, I think because we, we didn't have to add everything back, we were without it for months, if not years, yeah. that we have learned to do as much. We've learned to do what we do well with the leaders that are inspired to be there. And uh, those things will always prosper over the the expectation based ministry of servant yeah. people doing the best they can. You know, you said something interesting to me, Jim. The the vision piece. You know, so if a ministry was started thirty years ago, uh, chances are uh, that there's new leadership in place since the inception yes. of that of that program yeah. or even that play yeah. uh, that's being that has been run for a long time. And and I know this that. Um, over the course of 30 years, the destination, we think about vision as destination, right? Like where, where are we going to yeah. land? Um, that yeah. can that can change over 30 years. So I wonder, you know, I wonder how often there's been a change in the in the destination, the desired, you know, we thought we talk about football, like I love football, the end yeah. zone. What's the end yeah. zone? Yeah. And um, and yet we're running plays that were for another time. 
yeah. that were yeah. for another destination. And and uh and and the, and, and I'm I don't have any of these in my notes. I'm just, this is all kind of this brand fresh in my mind here. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder um, how many programs were designed for a different vision. Yeah. And, and I, I want to be really careful here because some people's identity comes out of being Understood. a teacher in that program or a leader of that program. Understood. But, but I remember early on, I asked a pastor that I really, I got to Michigan, first time senior pastorate. I said, I've got all kinds of questions. Who's the guy I should talk to? And everybody kept pointing to this one pastor, this one church. Ran into him at district council, a convention we have annually. I said, you don't know me. I don't know you. But I keep hearing you're the guy to talk to. The thing they didn't teach you in school, the thing that isn't intuitive, the stuff that wasn't a class in college, what, what is that thing that I need to know? And he said, he said, you need to carefully cultivate an ongoing culture of change. Carefully cultivate an ongoing culture of change. And, and so we started from that every year, everything we do and every person who does it, this is what we call it. And it's our culture. It's okay. But it goes on trial for its life. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to defend itself, but it has to prove itself. And that way we don't have just tradition after tradition after tradition of, of lowering returns and saying, well, mm -hmm. this program will work. And we just had more leaders. We just gave it more money. We just gave it its own environment. We just, but if, even after all that, it's not producing fruit like women. We're, we're meeting a need that doesn't exist with people who don't want to be there. Right. And let's, it'd be better not to have a ministry than to have a failing ministry, is my opinion. I'd rather there was no children's ministry than have a really bad children's ministry. It's better not to have a nursery than it is to have a nursery led by people that don't like children. <laughs> so we, uh, everything around here goes on trail every year for its life, including my own position, my, my role, every staff position. Is it still needed? Is it still the right fit? Is it still doing the right things, producing the right fruit? And not in a corporate way, like everybody's jobs on the line, but we are we are honestly creating an mm. environment where we're change. We we cultivate change consistently because mm. people's religious tendencies become their religious dependencies so quickly. Mm. So that person isn't leading that song that way. I can't worship. Right. That's not a problem with worship. That's a problem with the worshiper who created a religious dependency on a certain methodology or time or so I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for what you're saying. Let's, let's take things as it comes back. Let's analyze. Is it fruitful? Is it meaningful? Yeah. And, and I've noticed this, that this, the, the, the churches that are staying the course with being simpler. Yeah. I'm noticing I'm noticing more health on their staff. Uh, yes. more health, more health with their team leads, their volunteers, even, and 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 generally, uh, more health uh, as a church. Now, um, one of the questions one, one pastor told me this, Jim, and I thought it was so interesting. He says, "John, I think I've cut pretty much everything, <laughs> you know, or I've 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 simplified as much as I can." And and there is a point, right, where sure, um, you know. It, the the playbook is simple. Uh, I would say this that sometimes you'll take a play out and you'll never replace it with anything. It's just gone yeah. from the playbook. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you'll take a play out to make room for a new a new play yeah. or a, or a new program. So so if you're listening today, you're watching today. Here's the takeaway on, with this third trend. I'd like you to think about is to keep your playbook simple and pour gas on your best plays. And I don't mean to burn them up. I mean to, to fuel. fuel. Yeah. Right. 
that's fuel to the things you're great at, the things you do super well. And, and don't get distracted by the myriad of opportunities that are going to put themselves in front of you yeah. uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Um, yeah. Keep it simple. And, uh, and uh, I see that trend. I'm very encouraged by that trend. Jump on that train. I think it's going to be super helpful to you, the organization yes. you lead. Um, here's the fourth one, Jim. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about giving and generosity, seeing yep. that really uptick, this wonderful new people growth, uh, simplification. Yep. And here's the fourth one, a focus on health. Um, and you know, Jim, that is, uh, that's just the music to our ears, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think if we talk about one thing on the podcast, we've been doing the podcast now for three years. Can you believe that? Um, no. <laughs> it's, uh, excuse me, it is this well-being and, and health. And, and, and it's so encouraging to me, Jim, to see this. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we started talking to pastors uh, 15, no, 20 years ago about this stuff, very few churches, very few denominations were paying attention yeah. to this. 20 years later, we see this, we see this growing progression upward progression of pastors and leaders and churches and organizations paying attention to this yeah. um you know the last two and a half years placed unbelievable stress on leaders and uh it forced them to make a decision either i quit which more than a few have yeah. or i learn how to get healthier so i can lead in a sustainably fruitful way um and not yeah. only are pastors talking about this gym more they're putting their money where their mouth is yeah. i mean they are hiring mentors and coaches and counselors and yeah. fitness trainers trainers i love it yeah all in yeah, so good they care for themselves in a holistic fashion you know spiritually yeah. mentally emotionally physically and even relationally so I'm super, I'm just super excited about that. I wonder what you think. Yeah. I, I think again, you, you know, when, I, when I'm, when I'm working, you know, and I'm snapping my fingers, if you can hear it, I'm not sure about it. Just boom, 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 boom. And then I go fishing for a week in Canada. It's funny how it, it gets dark and I go to sleep. It's nine o'clock at night, but I'm sound asleep because it got dark and I'm not, I'm not so wound up. I got to watch three hours of television to wind down kind of stuff. And you go back to a natural rhythm. Well, I think COVID forced everybody. And so as, as life was tempted to get back to this, this craziness, I think a part of our soul that it was, it was a tough season, but a part of us got healthier during that rest. I think a part of us said, you know, I don't know if I want to get that crazy again. And so right. as you start to head back into a crowd of people and the demands and a schedule and a budget and appointment and board meetings, I think people said, you know what, I'm, I never want to go back to that being normal again. Right. And they're being proactive to keep that, you know, a reasonable distance away. And there's seasons, right? You got a Easter vacation, Bible school, summer camps, whatever. There's seasons that you just have to work really hard. But I think you've been on vacation and you didn't know how tired you were until yes. you started feeling better. And you're like, I had no idea. I was that, I haven't felt this good. I forgot what feeling good felt like. That's how long I've been tired. I think COVID did that for us. And we we know what good feels like in a, in a, in a long season. And so bad stands out. So I agree. I think they're like, I'm not going back to the, the pressure cooker. I'm, I'm going to find ways to be fruitful, to be obedient, uh, to be a good steward, 
but I am not going back to a an ulcer being common <laughs> in my life or depression yeah. being normal. I, I want to be free from that. Right. So we're seeing this formula from the past, you know, work until you drop. Yeah. Being rejected or a healthier yeah. one. Work hard. We're we're all, you know what? I, we're not telling you that laziness is good. No, we're saying work, but also work hard at resting. Yes. Work hard and work hard at renewal. Yeah. Uh, Work hard and really work hard at your relationships, the ones that really feed you. And, And so, Jim, it is so exciting to me to see this trend taking off. I was in uh, Pennsylvania uh, uh, just a little bit ago with about 250 Baptist pastors for a, a one-day conference. And, and and there was so much focus, Jim, on, on well-being and, yeah, and, and not just talk, but putting their money yeah, good. behind this effort. And it was, yeah. and so Jim, we're seeing this I was I was in South Carolina a few weeks ago. Same thing, same emphasis, and and I th- and I think to myself, wow, this is catching on, and I'm yeah. I'm so encouraged by that, you know, because <laughs> for so many years I felt like I was trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon, you know, just like yeah, I don't know. yeah. But I see this wonderful, amazing, incredible trend and focus on health. And I mean, out of all four trends, all of these four trends make me happy. This one makes me the happiest. Yeah. This is the one I'm the most excited about. Can I, if I could change your analogy, John, you weren't trying to empty the the ocean with a teaspoon. You were building an ark before anybody really knew what rain was, but, but I think COVID really, and, and all the things going into it and out of it, that reset, I, I think converge and specifically your story, your ministry has positioned you well for the storm that that we've endured and uh, you're you're teaching us more than how to swim you're teaching us how to create an environment that doesn't sink that's mm-hmm. that's good for our people it's good for our families um i i hope that there'll be a day where we say preacher's kid it doesn't have that negative connotation you know or yeah. or pastor's wife you know we go oh, i i know what that means like no it means healthy it means loving it means strong it means blessed you know versus yeah. family members who had to sacrifice because of the ministry to a point of dysfunction and burnout and failure. So that's, these are great lessons to learn and, and uh, four encouraging trends, four good things that are happening. What would you say to somebody who goes, I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't learned the rest thing. It's still me. I'm still working hard. The giving is the same, the, yeah. you know, these are four good things, but if I'm not experiencing them, this might be discouraging news. What would you say to someone yeah. who's. Yeah. So I've, if you're if you're not experiencing any of these, first of all, we've you know we feel with you yeah. that you know we because Jim, you and I, in one way, shape, or form, have experienced distress in the past over these four areas. Sure, yeah. and we know what it feels like. It's it's hard. We get that. I would say this. I think you need to get around some people who yeah. are experiencing this. And and hang out with them. And you might think, well, I don't yeah. belong. I don't belong at that table. Yes, you do. No. Yeah. You do belong at that table. 
And and I think there's something wonderfully encouraging. Uh, and let me say this: don't don't pick people who are full of themselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. sometimes leaders who are experiencing success, uh, you know, or fruit. Right. Uh, can get full of themselves. I'm talking about people who are experiencing some success, but have their head screwed on straight. Right. That are humble, that are uh, relational, that would encourage you. Um, that's what's coming to mind for me, Jim, is, is yeah. get around some people. Don't isolate. Don't say, well, I, I'm not experiencing these. So I'm embarrassed. I don't want to. I don't want to be no. around. Oh, no, I think that's the wrong direction. Get around right. a couple of guys. Get around a couple of leaders who are experiencing some success and say, "Man, can I spend some time with you?" Yeah, um, that's uh, good. Learn. I want to. I want to. I, I, I want that whatever's happening in you to rub off on me, so so to speak. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm thinking. I don't know what you think about that thought, Jim. Yeah, I, I, I you talk about a table. I, the, the phrase came to mind: a, a a table of plenty has room for somebody without plenty. Yeah. Right? That there's there's actually more room at that table, more encouragement at that table, more provision, uh, you know, love, strength to be shared. So the the thought that I'm I'm failing, like no, I don't know if anybody even knows that they're succeeding or failing because what we're being judged on is quality and fidelity. Good and faithful. That's where we're being judged down by our master. So numbers and dollars and you know, I, I I think being around people that are being that have been blessed, it is it is a greater blessing to share your blessing than to receive a blessing and not share it. They would mm-hmm. they would enjoy enc- encouraging you. When, when someone calls you discouraged, do you say, "Man, I'm glad that phone call's over with," or do you say, "I'm so glad I was able to encourage that person"? So it, yeah. it's it's a lie, right? That. I shouldn't be around right. blessed people because I'm not blessed. That's a lie. If you're not blessed, you should be around blessed people because their blessing is incomplete until you are blessed. That's mm-hmm. that's the way it's the way a family works. Yeah. Hey, one one last thing about rest and and so forth in this. I I had a wonderful, I guess, revelation or thought that came to me a few weeks ago, and that was when I'm resting, and I'm resting in a Sabbath way. I'm trusting God with this this sundown to sundown, you know, period of my life. I just felt like the Lord quickened my heart. And he said, everything you touch today will have been touched by you. But everything you don't touch today, I will touch on your behalf. Now, wow. whose hand do you want touching your marriage? Whose hand do you want touching your ministry? Whose hand do you want touching your children or your finances or your health? And I, I, it has really revolutionized in my mind the thought of Sabbath as instead of a sacrifice of Sabbath, like a, a sacrifice of generosity or a sacrifice of praise. It's like once once you realize that praise positions you for something and generosity positions you for something and Sabbath positions you for something. So I, I would just in closing, I say, I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to change the pace of my life. I, I would say this, everything you put your hand to on your day off this week, you will have put your hand to and your efforts will produce some fruit. But everything you don't put your hand to because you're giving it to the Lord as an offering, I really believe God will touch those things in, in ways that you can't touch them, those areas, those ministries, those circumstances. Like trust the Lord and get some rest because you're honoring him when you rest in that way. And he will honor your obedience and touch the things that that you do not. If you refuse to touch him, I think God has promised to touch. Them. That's what I believe about Sabbath. So thank you, John, so much for wisdom. You know, I love that you get to talk to hundreds of pastors. And come back and have a, a, a one-on-one conversation because that's what this podcast is. It's it's you and I talking, but there's there's a third person at this table with us right now 
And we're all blessed by your experiences and your wisdom. Thanks so much. So I'm um, convergecoach.com, 30 minutes. Let's hang out. Let's see what's happening in your world, how we can help. We're here for you. We love you. Good things are happening. Be encouraged. And if good things aren't happening, find somebody that has an abundance to share and go to their table and eat until you're full and go back to your table then uh, with a full heart rested. Let God do the work. Um, don't be lazy. Don't be an overachiever. <laughs> just be just be you by the grace of God. That's all he's ever asked you to be. I'll never put his grace on your imitation of somebody else. Be you. God created you for a reason in this season and God's going to use it. So God bless you, our listeners, our watchers, as you continue to lead from a line.